Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex Mahanad is here. Hello. And Bernie is here. Hello. Hello, loves. How are we doing? Good. What is it? A Wednesday today? All day. Uh, huh? Yeah, Wednesday today. Happy hump day. All that good stuff. Feels like we're on a Teams call. We got to say all that, all that Teams lingo. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big day, Bernie. You were just saying we've got big Afcon day tomorrow for both of us. Mm-hmm. It's Egypt, Nigeria, uh, Egypt, Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast. I, I mean, assume... that could that could be semifinals right there. That's. I assume that's both of you are extremely pessimistic. I told you before the tournament that Egypt's not going to actually do anything. Like, like so, from an Arsenal EPL Salah perspective, Egypt needs to get to the semifinal for Salah to miss the game versus <laughs> Arsenal, and I don't think he's going to make the semifinal. <laughs> Like, there's no way we're making the same fight. There's way too many good teams. So keep him in your FPL is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You won't be going that long. No, I think we drew with, what is it, Mozambique or whatever, and they've never had a win in the AFCON. And they drew with the team that won AFCON the most. Like, it's just, this is what AFCON is. Unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we drew with Equatorial Guinea, who's like, striker is a right back for his club so i've wasted a lot of chances so yes afcon anything can happen and now we have to play the host cote d'ivoire and try and it, let's get a draw to beat guinea bissau is all i ask for but you don't you even have, know, all even the guineas have all the guineas there's a lot of yeah, we have the Equ- there's the equatorial there's the bissau and then there's guinea guinea yeah. so i don't know which is the which is supposed there's to be also, the proper one there's also there's also guinea fell <laughs> Yeah. Also, um, when you said that the right back plays striker, it reminds me of that tweet, whatever, a week before Afghan started, where they're like, I love international football. So because like the star player, like Alaba for Austria, plays like number 10. And then like you had this friendly where Mo Salah for Egypt was playing like the messy role. It's just like you're the best player of this nation. You're gonna do something completely different than what you do at your club because we just I mean, need you to be involved as much as possible. But this is what Canada do. Bayern Munich won't let Alfonso Davies cross the halfway line, but you know, <laughs> for us, oh. he's the number nine. He's the winger. He's the striker. Nigeria did that with Kanu, where he was he was a striker for for Arsenal and Inter and whatever. But we played him as like a DLP almost, <laughs> and then Mikel did the opposite, where he was a destroyer at Chelsea, and we played him as our ten. Which but is, it, but it makes sense. With that. It makes sense when they do that because. Again, it's all about just getting your best player involved. It's the same, yeah. I guess, in like the the lower ages where it's just like if you're just the best player, you just get the ball to whatever you want all day. And it yes. just kind of happens again in the, in the lower international teams where it's like, well, this is just the playground. You go and have fun. Yeah, like the more touches this guy has of the ball, the more likely you are yeah. to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, if, if, we're, we're talking about this in context of AFCON, but if we're honest with ourselves, Brazil do this with Neymar. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, Neymar plays on the wing, and everyone tries PSG and Barcelona. We're like, please play a role. We need someone. We can't just have a player not defending. Brazil are like, do whatever you want. Like, well, you have yeah. You have, we talked about Alaba, Zinchenko for Ukraine. It's like, bro, play wherever you want. Like, it just if it's a smaller nation that has one star. We talked about Afonso Davies. I'm sure there's a lot of examples of this. Like, you do your thing, drop deep, assist, score. You know, try try being messy for a tournament. That's pretty much what they're asking them to do. Or if, if Alex has his way, England will do that with Bellingham. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I was saying, I was saying to Bunny the other day, they just need to just j- just build the team in whatever way that Real Madrid sorts out their team because that seems to be working for him, and he'll drag you over the line. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Any other any other Afcon chat? Well, just the crazy results. Yeah, amazing goals, crazy results. I think like Tunisia lost, Egypt drew, Nigeria drew, a lot of draws. The only two teams that kind of stood out with their results as expected were like the Senegal and Morocco. I think they Mm. both won by three goals. Um, Both had, both made their games look easy. Um, I I guess if we had to pick favorites, it would be, again, Morocco off their World Cup performance and then Senegal being the, the, um, reigning champions so really it does make sense that those two made their games look easy but i would have said like those two are are i guess the favorites going in anyways but again crazy things happen at afghan but yeah that that made sense and that they had they had good games um now some of the I, big guys are struggling but we'll see how they do i depending i had could in there just a as the host and they did win their first game Good goal, good second goal. But they are the hosts. They are at home. They don't have the big, big star names, but still very good players in there. So, yeah, I, I think I think you got it right. I would say Senegal are the defending champions, right? I think. Like, Oh, wait, that was the Egypt penalty shootout with the lasers. That, that was that. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Morocco, yeah, I would go number one. And then, yes, Senegal two and probably Ivory Coast three. Yeah, I, I'd go with that. Well, That's fair. That's fair. Um Will Jose Mourinho be managing Nigeria come the next <laughs> combination? Well, if Obi Mikel has anything to do with it. <laughs> the funny thing is the only people supporting Mourinho on Twitter are Nigerians. I don't know if you guys have, have like locked in on that. You guys yeah. love a strong man. Well, because is Obi it... Mikel calls him father, obviously. It's really like, like it's really weird. It's not it's not even just him. It's like it's as if like Nigeria's are football crazy, but as if like 2005 to 2007 was the most locked in we've ever been because <laughs> it's ridiculous as how many people are like, he's not finished. He's not finished. You guys are just haters. I'm like, and I look at all of them. I look at their history. I'm like, I see Pigeon English all the, t- all the way through. Okay. <laughs> Where did this, like, why? <laughs> you know, you know, he might, he, he might still end up at Chelsea. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. You never know. He can make a case. He can make a case for, you know, his time at Roma. Uh, You know, I saw a tweet talking about his accomplishments, getting Champions League football. He's only currently fifth. He won a trophy with them. His net spend, blah blah blah. Like he can he can spin a case out of his time at Roma to make it successful. Bro, Mourinho was literally just pulling kids out of the academy to give them debuts, so that he had something to say that he did. He was just like. Yeah, gave this 17-year-old a debut. Wasn't ready at all, but just chucked him in. Look, he grew up as a ball boy, and now he's playing for Roba. Look at what I did. It was such... Oh, man. It was so performative. So his replacement, Daniele De Rossi? I mean, again... Yeah. Yeah. Just just a famous name out of a hat again. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know if he has any credentials to be a manager or not, but... He, I believe, was sacked by Spal. So... Mm. Great, great. Spal sounds like like an organization. You know, sporting. S-P-A-L. I don't know. Hang on. It sounds like a, like a grocery store holding company. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> it just you know, yeah, it just sounds weird. Societa Polisportiva Ars e Labor. Ars. Labor Party. Ars. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here's my question on the Mourinho sacking. 
aside from the fact that they're a ninth, which is bad. Awful. That's the worst league position in 20 years or something. Did he lose a dressing room? Did he fight with somebody? Like, these are the typical Mourinho things, and I haven't heard them yet. I've just seen that they're bad. There are rumors that he was fighting with the players in the in the last week or two in the build-up to his sacking, yes. Before that, to be fair to him, he did seem to have the dressing room and a decent connection with the players and with the fans, but he kind of manipulated that. But, um, but I don't think he lost the dressing room in the way that he has previously, but he did, like, there was, um, who's that Dutch, Karsdorp, the Dutch right-back, he, like, basically exiled him for six months, and then they couldn't sell sell the guy, so he was back in the team six months later. But, like, he, he's done the same, like, alienating players stuff that he always does. But I also feel mm. like it's impossible to have Lukaku in your team and not get sacked. You know, like, I feel like that, that comes with the territory. Like, I've, I've watched a lot of Roma highlights this season just because they pop up and whatever, and Dybala, and I like to watch him. But, mm. my God, watching Lukaku play football is painful. Like, it's just painful. Like, it's painful to watch. It's painful to imagine how in his head, how good he thinks he is. Like, there's Mm -hmm. just a lot of layers, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And they're spending more money than they have to have him on loan, which is funny. Yeah, well, we'll see what they do to the end of the season. But again, Syria, I think the season has been heating up. I mean, um, Lautaro is killing it. Like, absolutely killing it. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the two goals by uh, Vlaovic yesterday or whatever I get with for mm-hmm. Juve. You know, there's been a couple of. Uh, so it's been again. We talked about Syria and we talked about okay, if you like kind of bring your expectations down to what the league is like, it's quite competitive. It's great. It's just it's, just, it's nice that it's all competitive. Maybe at a lower level, but it's all competitive. Well, if um, Fiorentina and Bologna are competing for the top four this season, like right. Good exactly. Stuff. So you might not be getting the highest level of football, but it's competitive. Like I, my brother-in-law supports AC Milan, and I always joke mm. with him. I say, look, you support a local league. Like, mm-hmm. it's an Italian league only, and you're just this dude in Canada watching it. That's fine. But, like, you got to appreciate that that's what it is. It's not some worldwide sparkling, like, show that they put on. It's not. It's a very local league, and you just decided to tune in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you when you have that expectation, it's fantastic. And to be, like, to be fair, Serie A have tried to go a bit more global. You know, they did the anti-racism campaign where they drew monkeys. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's why it's still local league. <laughs> yeah, very valiant attempt. At least it's the effort that counts, I think, in that in that respect. But also, like, we have to be realistic about what this league is. I mean, Olivier Giroud is the second top scorer in the league. Beast in the league. Now, that does that speak to how? Competent he is, or how well, incompetent? But did you see the, the defenders in there for Hernandez? Yes. Oh my god. So wait, it's okay. So before we get to there, I want to get to Hernandez. But before, Bernie, to counteract no. your <laughs> to counteract your stat, <laughs> Rafael Leao hasn't scored in like seventeen league games. Yeah. So exactly. you know, there's a balance there between like, is it a shit league or is it a super competitive league? <laughs> Le- Leal's on that new contract kind of season, you know. True. True. Okay. So Theo Hernandez, I can't mm. wrap my head around him. Like, is he sub- because there's not a lot of left backs and I guess right backs quickly off the top of our heads. Like we talk about this a lot. This just doesn't seem to be a lot of those. So Theo mm-hmm. Hernandez, if he's good, should be like on lists, you know, like on a lot of lists. Like, is he that guy? No. No, he wow. had one year, one year, I think either last season or the year before, people were like, oh my goodness, he's this, he's that. Have you heard of him since? No. 
he's made lots of mistakes. He's not set the world alight doing anything in particular. Throw him in the trash. It's like they wanted 80 million for this guy. Like, Isn't he the one that got injured for France and then they, his brother or whatever replaced him and then it didn't yes. matter? They still made the final? Yes. Right, right. Exactly I, I like him. I just wanted to make sure that's him. So let me just let me throw some stats into the mix just for just for the lols. What's he's got, going for a right left back? <laughs> just just goals and assists. Just got goals and assists, right? Okay. So look, he's got in the last okay, 2019-20, he got six goals, mm. three assists. Then mm. each year, seven and five, five and six, four and three, and so far this year, three and one. I'm just saying for a left back, these are good stats. Like you want your midfielder to chip in with these kind of numbers. He's an attacking, and this is why Bernie hates him. Let's just get to it. <laughs> he's he's an attacking yep. fullback, yep. which the Bernie should all get, you know, beheaded and should never see should never see a football field, right? Yep. The, I, I I have nothing else to contribute, but that was a spot on <laughs> analysis of my issue with with defenders. Yes, right. correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct. Speaking of fullbacks, here's one you do like, Bernie. Uh, Kyle Walker. Mo, what's he been up to? He's uh, he's been up to. He's been naughty. He's been naughty. Apparently, some other woman had a baby, had a daughter, and it was his. And no. what I read recently is that his original wife, where he has a son with, is kind of standing by him. She said some stuff about he's still a great this, he's still a great that. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, whatever works. Makes yeah, whatever works for you. But I, yeah, 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 100%. But, you know, you can still get a big portion of that if you, if you leave him. You can still, you know, so. But anyways, it's been interesting. He's, he... The funny thing about this is, like, nobody really cares about Kyle Walker that much. That when he put out that that Instagram post, like the story saying, "Please um, leave, <laughs> yeah. you know, keep keep us out of, you know, whatever for for our privacy, respect our privacy." I'm like, that is what made everybody Google what the hell is going on. <laughs> like, I had no idea what's happening. He he did that. I'm like, oh, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. exactly. So. I don't know. No, what did you do? What did you do this time? Yeah. But doesn't that speak to like, I don't know whether it's Walker or City, but how small one of either of them is? Because this, if this happened to, I don't know, Kobe Mano, like people would be like, oh my goodness, what did he do? But like, Kyle Walker does one of the most heinous things you've ever seen a human being do to another individual, and nobody cares. I, I find this so interesting. Do you know why? I think we've all been massively desensitized. Like yeah. you got the Greenwood stuff, the Mendy stuff, like all of that was just utterly horrendous and nothing happened. And now it's just like anything goes. Yeah, you are desensitized there. You're like, oh, whatever. Another footballer that cheated on his wife. Not a big deal. Um, like, like just, Greenwich went, went absolutely insane. Like I went on a, on a hell of a bender. <laughs> and it was it was jokes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyways, I think I think Walker. I, I, we were talking about this. I watched the England little clips that they do, and they're not bad. Mm. They do little like password games or this games or that games. He's a he's always in a lot of them. He's unhinged. Like there's something about him. Like there's competitive, and then there's like there's something behind the eyes that are a bit like you're you're mental. Like you're crazy. He's always, my dad has always thought that he looked like a Neanderthal. Like mm. there's like that. To, th- there's both something going on behind there and also not very much. Not. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Interesting. Just to, just to quickly take us back to, to Italy, I just wanted to re- reel off the top scores and the top assists because I found this hilarious. 
So me. Lautaro has 18. Giroud has 10. Next is Berardi with Good 9. Time. Vlaovic with 9. And Chalhanoglu with 9. And those I are all free kicks. Like, and this, this, <laughs> this mix of, of top scorers is ridiculous to me. You have the old, the forgotten in Berardi, the guy who's supposed to be a top striker, Vlaovic, and then Lautaro, who's like a support striker. We also have but, Can- Kandreva, who's still at 36, banging in some goals. It's, it's yeah. like this, this this league is not something I want to take seriously, okay? And then let's go fun. with the assists. It's fun. It's fun. It That's is. what we're saying. We're not saying it's good. It's fun. Okay. It is assist. fun. It's, assist. it's, it's, the, the assist is better. Marcos Turan. Okay. okay. Sure. Has seven assists. Felipe Anderson, bro. Oh. <laughs> that's a throwback if I ever heard one. Now, that's not a good advert for the Premier League. <laughs> this better be the same season. This better be the right season. It is. Enric Mkhitaryan. Oh, God. Olivier Giroud and Dybala. Like, this is a joke. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a joke. But this is also why usually you don't do well in Champions League. It's because it doesn't translate. Like, I know last season was a bit of an anomaly or whatever, but, like, usually it doesn't translate unless you have a very, very favorable draw. The gap in physicality is massive. It's yeah. absolutely massive. Um, what was I going to say? I forget. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's very funny. Yeah. That's no, very funny. It's, it's, again, again, three or three. Fun, not good, but fun. <laughs> Just the way we like our football anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Um, there's a league in Northern Europe which is neither fun nor good. It's called the Eredivisie, and now it's got Jordan Henderson. Hey! So Henderson's gonna do what? He's gonna press? Like Ajax wanna press? It's very unclear. I mean, the rest of their team are like 18 year olds, so I guess he's just around to be dad. Is that the idea? Yeah, but everybody thinks everybody makes that mistake when they sign this like mature, like old dude. Like, what's gonna happen? I don't get it. I don't get how that translates into anything. He doesn't he's speak the language. Well, they, oh, they all speak English. They all speak English, English uh, I guess, yeah. But he's using it as a stepping they don't speak, stone. Sorry, they don't speak Scouse. Like, I mean, no. they might as well not speak English. Oh, wait, but he's... Where's he actually from? Isn't he from Newcastle? I don't know. Well, well he, was, he, he was at Sunderland before he joined them. Yeah. Still so, anyway. But he's been there like 15 years. He's Scouse now at this point. <laughs> so. But, like, I think... I, my theory is... He's using this as a stepping stone to join Ten Hag. This is this is my theory. Oh, Ten Hag wants a center midfielder, and he's like, Jordan, I can sign you, but you have to go to Ajax first because that's my route. <laughs> Sorry, what, what what is the timeline on this on this midfielder that I hope should be summer. still alive when he signs him? Six right? months at Ajax. It's summer, summer, how else? Mm, summer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need an Ericsson replacement. Oh, that would be actually, Bernie. If that comes, if that's actually true, that would be unbelievable. No, 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 no. Look, look, this is a conspiracy theory that has no backing or basis mm. at all. I don't need you to piggyback on it and be like, "Oh, if this turned out to be true," and then like jinx it. No, stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> we're we're in the post-truth universe, Bernie. Anything goes. Um, speaking of which, we are building the ideal transfer window for Bernie, and it mm. includes well, now it includes Jordan Henderson, Brian Brobby. <laughs> Whose name I can't mm. say without laughing. And who was the other one? Oh yeah, it was uh, daylight. Oh, uh, delit. <laughs> daylight. Yeah, yeah. Delit. Well, the, the reason Bobby why we remember Denver. that for everyone listening is that Alex Alex said that it was going to be delit, and 
robbery and then i said that would be daylight robbery yes <laughs> that's so why good. i was easy to remember that was, that was, that was very good that yeah. was very good no that would kill me I, I, that would I, that, that would be so the apparently end. the lit is getting a lot of even apparently there's links with arsenal the problem is that now that we're older and more mature we understand that agents throw the shit out there without Constantly. any basis when we were younger i was like oh my god these things like no it's like i could say i'm linked to the arsenal it doesn't make it true mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but but again, a lot of people are saying, you know, he's 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 on the move. He's a he's a hot prospect. He's only twenty two. Like it's it feels like he's already been good and bad and good and bad and sucks and great. Like he's only twenty two or whatever. So like he has a chance to be great for like seven years if he's in the right setup or whatever. Just right? to so, pick the right move this time. Right. Exactly. Well, I don't know what the right move but... is. I don't know what the right move is for a very very slow center back who can pass the ball a little bit. I don't he know. can replace know Lewis Dunk when not... he moves to a good team. Good point. So go to Brighton and join Ansu Fati. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Another generational failure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> his knees failed him. <laughs> my brain <laughs> Generational failure, like, is it because, like, is it because he's a generational talent because the failure is so big? <laughs> <laughs> generational failure. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he got replaced in Barcelona by a 16-year-old. So. Yeah, and he also barely starts for Brighton. Exactly. I don't think he... Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's just crap. He's just crap. It's all good. Can we talk it's about how Manchester City are holding Calvin Phillips hostage? They're not. They're not. He's holding them hostage. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Right. They're all, they're, they're all, Pep is always like, if a player wants to leave, we let him leave. We don't, yes. I don't care. You don't want to be here, you go. Right? You know, Zinchenko wants to leave, off you go. Um, Jesus wants to leave off you go although it turns out they're both chronically injured so well done well played City um, <laughs> good due diligence Arsenal um, but with Calvin Phillips they sign him for 40 million they don't give him more than like 12 minutes of football and now they're setting a loan fee of like 8 million pounds and no one's going to pay you don't spend 8 million pounds to get Calvin Phillips for 6 months what the hell well, is going the, on the problem is the Premier League has so much money that like I'm thinking who would do that Calvin Phillips like Eight million? I don't know. Like, the Liverpool, the Liverpool do as a for a backup midfielder because they barely have any physicality and like they're always injured. Like, I don't know. You know, could like uh, if Partey had like, it, let's say Partey's injuries was was until the end of the season, would Arsenal go? You know what? For eight million, it would be good to have a body. Like, I'm just saying, somebody might think this is not a crazy idea. I mean, Southgate thinks he can still do a job. Maybe Southgate should mm. look up the eight million himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, set him free. What is it? What is it? Uh, free? Uh, is it let, free? let the horses run? Or... Is it free? Was it free Pogba let, or no? Was it, it? It was like it was like un- unlock, unlock or let the horses unlock, run. Yeah. Unlock, which, which unlock one? Do we Calvin. Want? Unlock Calvin. <laughs> why, why don't we let him go to um, uh, Everton? Wait, wait, can they do that? Oh no, they can't because the Corridge got injured. So, oh yeah, no, they have no money. Yeah. Well, they have money. They just. Illegally spent it, <laughs> and then they can't spend anymore. You know what's jokes about the FFP stuff at Everton is that apparently they thought that like they could spend money on the stadium, and because it was on the stadium, it like wouldn't count or something. And then they they legitimately said to whoever it is that deals with this that they thought they were going to make an extra twenty million when they sold Richarlison, and so which they didn't get. Like, sorry, you thought you were selling Richarlison for eighty million. And that was your plan. That was your like your big plan. Yeah, and then there's Forrest, apparently, 
also like thought selling selling Brennan Rogers in the next Johnson. financial yeah Brennan Johnson <laughs> yeah it would be amazing if they sell Rogers <laughs> Brennan Johnson in the next financial cycle would somehow count to the financial cycle that the Premier League is interested in. It's like yeah I know I know I broke all these rules but look two years later I sold this news. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm not the person that signed 18 new players for like 200 million, you know, on my finance. Exactly. What did yeah. you think was going to happen? Your revenue is nothing. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the thing that bothers me the most. Like, you literally signed two squads and you you didn't think FFP would catch Like, I would think if I, I would have been like, FFP, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's what I'm doing. I'm just letting you know now ahead of time. 24 players or whatever the hell it was they signed. You're going like to be, how to be fair. I out? also don't know all the background, but it's like, why is it so? Um, why is it such a thing right now? Why is it an in for like the Premier League to care about this FFP stuff now? Like, so it I think it so doesn't much. go in three year cycles, it does go in three year cycles, and so I guess it'll happen periodically. But also, maybe there's just team teams doing more. So, three year cycle right means break FFP starting next year. For two years, win everything you can, <laughs> and then get docked point in the third year. I don't know. Basically, basically, yeah. It's it's just a it's it's a lot of weird nonsense. Like Chelsea apparently think that they beat FFP, but people are now saying, mm, I'm "Not sure about that." So, but like dock them points, it doesn't matter. Like they're shit. Like, well, we it's just, the interesting target. thing about Chelsea is I think when the guy, whatever Bowley bought them, I think, I think something about a new ownership existing debts or something don't get counted with them like there's there's a whole thing about like new owners mm. where it's like okay that's in the, that's the skeletons in the closet i'm not going to hold you accountable to them you know what i mean mm-hmm. something like that 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 um, would be fair there is also some which is don't buy a ship, don't, don't buy a club with 600 million dollar debt either you know no. exactly yeah. exactly or 900 million um <laughs> There is there is something about that argument of if you do invest in infrastructure, it does offset your losses and stuff like that. So I think the problem was Everton thought that like our investment that we made like four or five years ago was gonna count for now. But like, bro, your stadium's opening up next year. We know when you spent this money. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to say if you spend it on training grounds or youth development or something in your community, like I get that at least. But but then very rich clubs like Newcastle could just go, okay, well here's a hundred million mm. for the community. In back in Saudi, and, <laughs> and here's, here's 100 million player on players. We planted four billion palm trees. Yeah, what no do you want? Where the community needs to be. It's true. So, you know. You know what I think this is. I think it's just like if you think about your everyday life and you think about people at work and what have you, and like everyone's just winging. It, I right? try not most, to. Most people are, are, are morons, and yeah. so now, you, now you just you, like you think that football clubs are run somewhat competently and that everyone knows what they're doing, but really, like imagine you get sent a forty five page document of terms and conditions right that's the ffp booklet and you're like i could read this or we could just go about our business and hope that everything works out you know? oh nobody knows what they're doing it's all no. marketing. you look at the big organizations and you think i'm gonna walk into whatever google like what, what's bigger i'm gonna walk in there and everything's gonna be meticulous and perfect and everyone's gonna know exactly what you're doing and it's gonna run like clockwork then you start on day two and you're like mm. shit this place is just running <laughs> pure just like prayer <laughs> <laughs> there was a place i once worked at where like they only hired people in that position with mbas yeah 
And like, I got hired just because I worked at a competitor. And uh, I walk in, I'm thinking like, oh man, when they hire MBA, this is, a, people this is really, really I know what you're talking about. This is top, top. Like, we were talking top of their thing. Yeah, right. exactly. And right. I'm just sitting there like, I, you know, I'm literally intimidated because of this thing yes. I heard. And I, you know that Hard gif of like John Travolta, Pulp Fiction, where just looking around like, and he doesn't know what's happening or what's <laughs> like confused. That was me when I realized everyone here is a dumbass. <laughs> like, what yeah, is yeah. going on? No, it's crazy. They spent all this money on this degree and they're dumbasses. And then I went and did the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, speaking of... of dumbasses, can yeah. I talk about Shake Jason? Yeah, please. Yeah. You know, he doesn't exist, right? Is he AI generated? He's pure AI, like he's Chat GPT or Dolly. Like he does not exist. <laughs> so if, if, if people didn't follow this, who is this guy, or who who is he supposed to be? So uh, United fans have been going Glazers out for sixteen years now, and they announced this a, a strategic investment round or whatever, which they said could lead to a full sale or a partial sale, something like that, whatever. Um, it dragged on for like 14, 15 months. In the process, two buyers came up that people said were the main ones. Ineos and, and Sergeant Ratcliffe and uh, Sheikh Jassim from Qatari royal family mm-hmm. under what's called the 9-2 Foundation. Class of 92, get it? Uh, uh. <laughs> so the Glaciers wanted something like $6 billion. He claims that he actually put in a bit of $6 billion plus $1 billion of infrastructure investments. Which makes okay. no sense because I give the analogy of if I'm selling you a house, I don't give a shit how much money you're going to put into renovating it. It's not my no, problem. You don't need to tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Jim Ratcliffe gave about the same, but it wasn't apparently up to the Glazer's asking price. It went on for months. Jasmine pulled out and Ineos got 25%. Mm-hmm. It turns out that Jasmine did never a, a bid. Anything close to what he put out in the media, which got idiots on Twitter with their Qatari flags on their bios, oh my goodness, <laughs> talking about how this is the best thing that ever happened. He never offered anything close to what they asked for, uh, and they asked for proof of finances. Basically, have you got it, bruv? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time, about at least five times they asked, they never got show, a response. Show me that. the money. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I'm just here happy because I said this man does not have this money. Otherwise, if he was really this rich, he would have threw it all in the Glazers' face and he would have bought the club. Exactly. Like if if you if you could do it, like like if you have a billion spent on infrastructure, why not just give it give them and then get another billion from your royal family? Like I don't understand. Like you lose a billion when when you sit on the couch if you're really that guy. But he's not that guy. Doesn't exist. Well, I'm not saying they're broke. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be clear. We're not saying they're broke. He just doesn't have a billion, like, in cash. <laughs> He's just not a real person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah it's funny. weird. Someone's faked a whole Wikipedia page about him, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are literally two pictures of him that exist on the internet. What? <laughs> one, of, one, which is the common one we've all seen of him looking straight in the camera, and yeah. the other of yeah. him other wearing a United jersey. The other one is a mugshot. Oh yeah. So, uh, for all those who doubted me when I said he was a fraud, suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this whole thing we were talking a little bit about, Alex, about the 
Premier League winter break. Mm. So is this a thing? Like, is this a thing moving forward now? Because mm-hmm. like, I, I just stumbled upon it by looking at the fixture and stuff. But this is clearly a thing where it's like, okay, how yeah, the teams yeah. are going to play one week, the other half another. I think, again, I usually don't give props to the Premier League. But this is brilliant. Totally right. Yeah. This is brilliant. This is like the players need some, you know, sun in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And we, the fans, don't need two breaks of no football. Exactly. So We've I already suffered through fantastic. three international breaks this season. What what they don't need during this brilliant time of resting players is FA Cup second round legs where nobody knows that Wolves is playing Brentford. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that that's what today. we don't need. I, yes, exactly. 3-2 at extra time. Like, this is what we don't need. Like, don't ruin all the good stuff you've done and then shove a, an FA Cup second round game in the middle. But, you Ooh, know, one, one step at a time. One step at a time. So yeah, I just thought it was a great idea. Just props from the on the. Uh, this is a much better way of of a winter break than than not having it, obviously. And then I yeah, prefer yeah. this than like the German, Italian, whatever style. Yeah, the Germans actually have like football life balance. Like they just take a month off. But did, did did Arsenal go to Dubai? Dubai. Like and yes, do sir. warm weather training? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, and, and Mikel Arteta's a hoe. Apparently. Well, yes. <laughs> a, a meat hoe? <laughs> he likes meat. What can we say? Like, shit. Look, man, like, honestly, I have I have two ways of looking at it. So basically, for context, he was at the Salt Bay restaurant, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, there was a video there. So <laughs> the logical thing is, listen, his kids probably wanted to go. He's a famous, you know, so, uh, online character, blah, blah, blah. His kids probably wanted to go. They're all the way in Dubai. They're like, let's go. Fine. <clears throat> That's the logical side of things. Nobody gets to tell him what to do. He can do whatever he wants. The illog- the, the, the pure emotion side of things is when I saw that video, I was ready to stop supporting Arsenal football. Club. I was repulsed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know where those two things, how those two things can exist at the same time, but they do. I actually wanted us to lose every single game between now and the end of the season. Like, that's how... I, I could not I, I could not watch it. Like I saw the first couple of seconds, I knew it was mm-hmm. about to happen. Mm-hmm. And I had to I had to scroll past it because I was like, my stomach wouldn't be able to take it. It just wouldn't. Man who already has likability problem, let's sort they feed him with stick. I mean I was just like I was just like well, do you think his kids I know I know like you think his kids were like that? Let's go to Salt Bay's restaurant. We want to see you eat that meat. <laughs> The problem is Salt Bay. Salt Bay goes for the most famous person at the table, right? He wasn't gonna do it to the kids. He was like, "I need my picture with Mikel Arteta." Like, and Arteta was, "What is he gonna do?" Like, Arteta should have been like, he's he's already a disagreeable character. He should have been like, "Hell no." Yeah, exactly. Jump out of the technical area, man. Get out of there. Also, Salt Bay, we all know, has no like awareness of where of like anything, but like. The man crashed the World Cup final. I mean, <laughs> that was embarrassing. That Did he do it the Champions League too, or something like that? Uh, I don't know. That oh, was embarrassing. But yeah, anyways, I, I had like I don't think I've had conflicting emotions this much as, as anything as seeing that video. But you can't you can't look at Arteta anymore and like have any sense of respect. <laughs> Honestly, like I had forgotten about it, and I'm not glad that it came up again because it's it's bothering me again. Like it just bothered me now. Like I was just so upset. Like I was actually like I was, I was ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> like I was actually ashamed. Although at my football club. I, I what I will say though is I don't know if you saw this, but I, was it the Telegraph? I think it was the Telegraph. Someone at the Telegraph wrote an article basically saying like you'd never see Pep Guardiola do this kind mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. and then 
obviously the Arsenal online fan base went absolutely berserk and sent like a billion examples of Pep Guardiola with Sol like Pep Guardiola with his hand around Salt Bay, Pep Guardiola with the entire team there. It's like, okay, bro. But did any of those videos include him eating the meat no. off the stick? Don't know. But this but, is why he's the GOAT. But you know what this but you know what this tells you is that this guy didn't even bother Googling it before writing his piece. Like just one little Google. Well just yeah, but also Google. most people most people won't won't bother like verifying it. They'll be like, Yeah, true. I hate Arteta, therefore it's true. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was funny, man. That was that was yeah, that was something. That was definitely something. Yeah. But yeah, warm weather training in Dubai. Hopefully they practice to finish, you know, something. I mean, mm -hmm. hopefully we can finish that football as good as Mikel Alterra can finish that meet. And um, we'll see We'll see what that means when we come back. We play Crystal Palace on whatever Sunday or Saturday. And it'll be interesting. See I what mean, Jean-Philippe Mateta is proving a much more clinical striker this season than any of Arsenal's. Uh, which leads me on to a man who some have claimed is the guy to fill that hole, Ivan Tony. Um, oh, who... I thought you were going to say Karim Benzema. Well, there's that too. We can get to him. But Ivan Tony has, um, you know, has got his freedom. He served his eight-month ban for the gambling, which he seems to like. You know, he does interviews and he's like, he says there are haters and doubters and stuff. But then he also freely admits that he did all the things that he was accused of. So like... I, don't, I don't think he thinks, <laughs> he doesn't think it's wrong. And therefore, he doesn't think that he should have been punished for it. So he's just kind of going with the flow. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He's um... probably doing it right now. Probably. Anyway, um, he's betting on a move to Arsenal. Um, and his first interview back with Sky Sports, was it today or yesterday? He basically said he wants to leave Brent, who have stuck by him throughout this eight-month ban. That's hilarious. That's it. But yeah, Ivan Tony's another one of those. You know, he's that Theo Hernandez. He's like, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Like, is he going to be useful? Is he going to be a waste of 80 million that you can spend on a much better striker in the summer? Like, you know, I think he's really good. I just think he's a complete prat, and you're not going to spend 80 million on him. Yeah, he's like, like yeah. the guy is really good. The problem is, like, look, Brentford are posturing. Like, we know when it's when people are very, very serious about this 80 million. Like, we know we know when they're serious. And like, remember when Palace didn't want to sell Zaha to you guys for was it 60 or I don't even know, like it was something like that. And I read an article where they were saying that like. The sixty million that they would have sold him to you for wasn't as valuable as staying in the Premier League. Like, mm. so there was something like that. That like he's the what's going to keep them on the league. So when you actually do the math, it's actually not worth it. So there was mm -hmm. a certain amount that they wanted, which would have made it worth it apparently. And that whatever that gap was, what it was. I'm like, if Brentford were using that logic, I could understand it. But they're not playing him now, <laughs> and they're what not going to get relegated. <laughs> I don't well, feel Brent, like... Brentford, so... Brentford have a goal-scoring issue, though, and Buemo's injured. Wissa, I think, is away at the African Nations. Like, they do have a bit of a gap to plug up front because their next option is freaking Mope. So, like, they do have a bit of... A, isn't it? There? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, going back. Oh, yeah, he came back. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... They do have a bit of a gap, but I think it's one of those things again where it's like, okay, do you cash in when the value potentially someone wants him now, or do you wait till the summer when things might happen, bad form, blah, 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 right? Can I just yeah. add some context to that? Yeah. They're yeah. actually only three points off the relegation zone, and they've lost right. the last five. Right. They need mm. him. Like, they, they need mm. him. 
you know, well, look, think, at, look at like a Calvert now. Lewin. Look at a Calvert Lewin. Like you could, if you had sold when the stock was high, now you look at Calvert Lewin. Like eh, I don't know if anybody actually cares anymore. It's just that's always what it's about. It's like even if like you, could, you either sell when the stock is high or you don't. You know, look at someone like an Emil Smith Rowe, Aston Villa, forty-five million now. You're just like crying your yourself to sleep every night because you're like, if anybody gives me fifteen for him, I'll be happy. Right, you gotta just either cut your losses and sell high and hope other things happen, or be happy to potentially get twenty five million for him in the summer if he doesn't, you know, hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. I, I the reason why I think Brentford are posturing, like I don't think he says what he's saying right now unless he has a reasonable expectation with the club that he can leave for a big club and whatever. But he's twenty seven years old, mm-hmm. right? He's like at this point, the value cannot go up. This is the highest it's going to be, especially if you're going to keep him this se- this this season. Granted, this is your only sh- just this next slot is the only time to get anything close to fifty million for him, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and if you're going to pay eighty million for him, well, I mean, there's a twenty-three year old Vlahovic, you know, potentially on the market. There's a, what you know, at eighty million, you don't want to spend it on a twenty-seven year old. I don't think so. It, yeah. you, you do if it's like a Benzema leaving Real Madrid. I get it, but you don't if it's a Tony. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't mind a twenty-seven-year-old Holland or a twenty-seven, you know, whatever. Someone that's definitely going to give you five years of like being the top of the yeah. top, but not on not on Tony. That's the I, thing. I can understand like, the fifty mil. I I can do that. I can stomach that. But to your point, eighty mil—that's not possible. Sorry, Alex. The only other thing that could help here is like if Brentford need a striker and take like an Inketia. Let's say, let's say they say give me Inketia and pay like thirty million, something. Right, so like putting the value of Eddie and Kenya. Well, no, no. Assuming, assuming, assuming we would have never paid eighty. I'm just saying, assuming we would have never yeah, yeah. paid. Let's say we would have paid sixty. Let's say. Yeah, right? I know what you mean. Those so, those kind of things always sound like they would make perfect sense, and no one ever does them, which is a bit, it's a bit weird. Um, apart from you know last week's example of Ashley Cole and William Gallas, but exceptional circumstances. Um, but my, my thing is like he clearly thinks that there's this big move out there for him, and I just don't. I mean, you can never write off Chelsea because they're idiots and they need a striker. But I, beyond that, I just don't know who is really going to pay for this. I I know a club that should. My United, United absolutely United? should get Ivan Tony. Abs- Look, United need a striker. We know this Rasmus Hoyland is going to progress fine. But he's 20. Like, mm-hmm. you need a bit more experience. If you can get Tony for $50 million, when your other options are Osimhen for 140 which A, I don't think he'll choose us anyway, but B, that is a ridiculous amount of money to spend and he's going to cost a lot of your transfer budget. Vlahovic, Ivan bro. Tony makes a lot of... Look, you guys are going to get Vlahovic as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't I don't see United getting Vlahovic. I don't, I don't see him wanting to come to you. I don't know. I, I have no evidence for this. I just don't see... I also don't see... It's also very Ten similar Hag to scouting Rodman anyone who's not in England or Holland. I don't see that. So Has Ten Hag <laughs> ever played with uh, Lukaku before? <laughs> He's if available. you ever do this, if you ever say this again to me, Alex, we'll have problems. Lukaku or we'll Brobby? <laughs> you can't, you can't see his name in a lot. <laughs> name of Brobby, man. Oh. Alex Brobby. Yeah, exactly. I'm th- I think. Are you asking Brobby. me who I pick? Who yeah. I pick between the two? No, you gotta go with uh, with uh, Tony. I, I bring, I bring back. Wait, of Brob? He said of Brobby or Lukaku. I, I bring back oh. Lukaku. But no, you, you know, you know what you have to do is be that ponytail guy and just be like, I reject the premise of the question. <laughs> I should. I was just checking if Tammy Abraham had a loan spell at Vitesse Arnhem, which he didn't, so that he won't uh, qualify. Either. He's available too, by the way. 
Yeah, but he's trash right now. So I'd rather have Ivan Tony over over Tammy Abraham. Man, every time Ooh. we do this stuff, it just leads to the same conclusion, which is there's no good players. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like it just leads to the same, like there's no strikers, there's no left backs. Like what are what is available out there? Like there's no, no there, players. There are loads of good players. They're all just 17 and Man City have already signed. But, but them. also, but also I think there's less good players because teams keep recycling the same shit over and over and over again between them. It's like, how do these players keep getting these moves that are like done? You know, how does an Ashley Young, how does a Henderson, how does like how does all the stuff keep just this trash keep rotating through all these teams? <laughs> When you was Johnny Evans get, employed. Yeah, like go get a young dude and then he becomes a star. And now we have a new guy to talk about. As opposed to like, who am I talking about at striker? Freaking okay, Osimen, who's again not the complete polished version of anything. Like he can do a job, but he's not, you know, he's not a hundred and forty million striker. I'm sorry. Could, who do you yeah. have after that? Nobody. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like we've said this before, but there are so many, so many players that you could point at and be like, I bet there's an academy player who would do better than you as good a job, if not better. Like there's no way they could do worse. Like you're fine. They'd be fine or better. And something you just take a risk, like genuinely Harry Kane was like, it was marginal, man. Like he went on seven loans. Mm -hmm. He only really broke through because Tim Sherwood was a lunatic and like Mm -hmm. just tried to burn the place down on his way out. And then, and that's how he got his chance. And now he's the best striker in the world and has, by the way, 22 goals in 16 games, which is completely a- another, another trash league. Yeah. Where's where where's where? But, how many other May news are there? You know what I mean? Well, like, right, but but the point being is just like you don't know unless you find out. So like clubs just have to risk it more. Is this I mean we, we ended up with Reggie on as our left back who we even who was we that now at Brentford yeah, we cancelled his loan. He's at Brentford, but we've then sent on loan our academy left back to Benfica, and we have an injured Shaw and an injured Malasia. I don't understand. I thought like, they were back. I, I thought they were both back, which is why you left. left well, Ray Shaw go. didn't play the last game because he got injured again, and Malasia is a mystery. It's Lissandro who's back, but like mm. I don't, I don't understand. I think to your point is like I think there's a there's a lack of uh, bravery and creativity mm-hmm. when it comes to these transfers but also a lack of sense so bernie that's, bernie, that's a good point the whole like i think the lack of bravery comes from the fact that it is so cutthroat now mm-hmm. one lost game is your season done right in the past it was like oh we can lose you know five six games and win the league now mainly because of this behemoth in city it's like oh you lost one game well okay we'll start again next <laughs> season like start start making the plans for next season you know what yeah. i mean like Huge it's just like bid. Exactly. There's no margin for well, error. Well, 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 let me ask you this in the Arsenal context. And then uh, I think I, I, I got to run. Look at your left back situation, right? Zinchenko is either injured or I don't know if you even like him. Um, and you're playing people in weird positions. To, like, do you not have an academy left back? Is that 18-year-old or 17-year-old left back, let's say he's playing with everybody okay. else, is that enough to so, scare everyone, and is that going to be enough the, of a problem? So somebody brought that up, and the response to that was, Zinchenko's not a left-back. Are you going to bring an academy 17, 18-year-old kid and say, I need you to play double pivot when we're attacking, and I need you to be a left-back defensive when we're striking, and I need you to be the main focus of our ball progression. And, and you know, again, I'm just saying, you can mm-hmm. slot in a random left-back that plays like Kieran Tierney, yes. But can you slot in a left-back that will do what Arteta wants out of Zinchenko, that's a lot harder. But who does what Zinchenko does when Zinchenko's out? 
but 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 also can you slot in someone to do a slightly different job and make a bit of an adjustment to your team like it's it's not yeah. Because yeah. you're not even adjusting for that anyway when the tank goes out. Because yeah, people, is, people, is people a... talked about it. People said, you know, Arteta didn't give any youngsters any chances in any of the cups that we're now all out of. And it's a fair point. But again, I think mm-hmm. it's a margins thing. I really think it's a margins thing. And, and people are just less willing to take risks. And that is why you get clubs like Brighton who can afford to risk it because the like, mid-table finish is fine. So here's some his yeah. three 18-year-olds that yeah. were playing in Belgium. The top guys year. can't risk it anymore. And then you give them, and then the bigger clubs give them. Like a lot of the time, we ask, I, and I said this the other day because Brighton have signed Valentin Barco from Boca Juniors, who's like this left back, like prodigy, Argentine. And it's always like, why are bigger clubs letting Brighton do this? And the answer is basically because the big clubs will just be like, if he's any good, we'll buy him in two years because we don't care about the money. We'll pay, we'll pay. And then we know that he's good. So, Except so that doesn't work because every Chelsea bought half the Brighton team and they're all terrible. To, to, to your point, they interviewed Solskjaer and he talked about Moise Casado and he said, yeah, we wanted to sign him. But the club, he said, the club decided that they couldn't take, like, even if it was $4 million, they mm. couldn't spend that money because there was, A, there was no guarantee they were going to start him and B, he wasn't ready and they're not going to blood him in in order to get him to that point where he can be that guy. And I was like, like, for what? McFred, like, McFred, I don't mind, but like, I, do, do managers do a full analysis of their squad and go, this shit that we're playing in here, right, right now, is all that much better than this taking this risk. I don't think that they do. I, I think that they think they can't take a risk to most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think but I don't scared. actually think the reality it, they're, like, they're, equates. They're so scared and petrified that they don't do anything. It's like, let me yeah. just keep... And they keep doing the same thing and they keep getting sacked and they keep doing the same thing and they keep getting sacked and then the club doesn't go anywhere and it's just a cycle of fear that nobody wants to do anything different. Yeah. yeah, and that's how you get to Jose Mourinho. Yep, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> that is so on point. <laughs> that is how you get to Jose Mourinho. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, I guess that's us wrapping up. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to your point, let's do the same thing next week. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> See you then. Night, guys. <laughs>